Welcome back to another beautiful Thursday afternoon. I hope your guys' work week is going beautiful. We're almost to the weekend, alright? So let's just grind through the rest of this week. Let's get that paper, alright? And let's go on a shopping spree this weekend, alright? If you don't know where you are, let me tell you, alright? Listen close. You're on the Rainy Day Horror Show. You're listening to Dusty McBalls, the host with the most, the man with the biggest testicles dragging across this planet and the certified cougar hunter. And today, boy, do I have a humdinger for you. I don't know if you guys are ready for this, all right? We're going to be talking about breaking down, reviewing whatever you want to say. We're going to be talking about the taking of Deborah Logan. Now, I'm just going to say it, all right? This movie was, it was, eh? It wasn't too great, but it wasn't awful, you know what I mean? But I'm going to save my comments for the end, okay? So, I'm going to break it down for you how this episode's going to go. I'm going to give you guys the old synopsis, the old synop to start it off, right? And then I'm going to tell you Break down the entire movie scene by scene for you guys, and then I will do the usual who's a part of it at the end, the box office, the budget, the year it was released, and then we're going to do the best part. We're going to talk about the reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, all right? And then after that, I will give my thoughts on this mediocre film, and then I'll let you go. Maybe. I don't know. I might tie you up and throw you in the basement. And make you my editor from now on. I don't know though. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out at the end. Alright. So without further ado. Let's get into. The taking. Of Deborah Logan. Alright. So the synop. Or the synopsis. For this movie. Is. Alright. It is. An elderly woman. Battling Alzheimer's agrees to let a film crew document her condition. But what they discover is something far more sinister. Ooh, spooky, insert spooky noises, ooh. Alright, now, this movie, The Taking of Deborah Logan, like I said earlier, literally five seconds ago, is about an elderly woman who deals with Alzheimer's and that person is Deborah Logan the main antagonist whatever and she lives with her daughter Sarah and Sarah and Deborah are contacted by a group of students that include Mia Gavin and Louise and they want to make a documentary about Deborah's daily life when she's dealing with Alzheimer's and as the crew gets there at first, Deborah's like, no, get away. I don't want to do this anymore. But she's in need of money. So her daughter, Sarah, is like, hey, we need to do this. Otherwise, you're going to lose the house because they're behind on some payments. All right. And if they're behind on some payments and they lose their house, they're going to be they're going to be for the streets. And we don't want these women on the streets. OK, well, maybe Deborah as we go through, but she's old, so she gets some slack. Now, as the film crew records her behavior, 
they begin to notice like increasingly bizarre shit that's going around that's not typical of someone with Alzheimer's. And cameraman Luis expresses his concerns and that maybe something supernatural is going on with Deborah. And like, it's not like, okay, this is a typical possession movie. I'm just going to get that out of the way. But the first occurrence is she randomly one night, like levitates on top of the counter. And she also sits naked in front of like this, I forgot what it's called, but it's like this thing where people do incoming calls. You pull it out, you plug it in so the person can receive the phone call. It was one of those. She's just up there naked, just finagling with that thing. And she like will sleepwalk and she will just randomly show up in the rooms of the guests that are staying there, the camera people that are staying there, documentary crew. And she also decides to nail the window shut for some fucking reason. And during their filming, Gavin and Luis record Deborah also speaking in French about sacrifices and snakes. And like I said earlier, she was playing with that. It's called the switchboard. That's what I, I couldn't remember for a second. It's called the switchboard. And the phone line... 337 can continually rings on that switchboard and that number belonged to a local physician Henry DeHarnay a little French boy a little French man and he disappeared after a series of ritualized cannibalistic murders of four young girls now Deborah's behavior becomes so extreme that she is hospitalized for her own safety and at this point, this is where Gavin decides to quit the film. Side note, I wanted to strangle and kill Gavin within the first five seconds of him talking. He is so fucking loud, so fucking obnoxious, it is just unbearable. Now, and you might be asking, what did she... Dusty, Dusty, what, what did she get hospitalized for? Well, she decided to rip skin off of her trachea, don't know why, just guests didn't want to speak anymore so she does that and then she will like rip these fucking like skin lesions off of her forearms just complete pieces of skin like i don't know ed gein skinning a body like that type of shit and then she also had these really bad like pussy sores on her back that made her look kind of like a reptile and after she's like hospitalized and after gavin quits the team later discovers that DeHarnay was trying to recreate the ancient Monacan ritual that required the deaths of five girls who recently had their first period to make them immortal. So he wanted to become immortal by taking, you know, some young girls, you know, eating them, doing that type of shit. And he ended up, like I said, getting four out of five. Now... As they figure out that, like, oh, she's possibly possessed, they call somebody, they go meet him, forgot his name, don't remember it. Loki was kind of falling asleep during this movie, but she, not she, he tells them, like, hey, this is some witch doctor shit. Like, what you need to do is you need to find Henry DeHarnay's body and you need to burn that shit, right? Now... As they are talking to him, they go back to the hospital to see Deborah and try and find out 
where the fuck the remains are. And while she's there, while, well, while they get back, they realize that Deborah is out of her hospital bed. And she has attempted to abduct Kara Mignetti, a young cancer patient, and learned that Harris, who is like the groundskeeper at the house, they learned from him that years ago, Deborah found out that DeHarnay planned to use Sarah, her daughter, as his fifth victim. And Deborah murdered the doctor before he could accomplish his plan and buried his body in her yard. Right? Some real serial killer type shit right here. And eventually they realized that because as... So like, okay, Harris, he's an okay guy. All right, he's he's okay. He likes the film crew at first, and then he absolutely fucking hates them. And he wants them to get away. So one day, while she's like the day that she's in the hospital, she, the Deborah is like, kill me, fucking kill me. So he grabs a pillow and and like tries like suffocating her, and a TV flies off the fucking shelf, hits him in the back. He's now hospitalized, and he tells them, like, hey, he tells them the story about Henry and all that shit. So, they realize that the body is buried at her at Deborah's house, and they go back, they figure out where it is, they get it, and then they throw it in the fire pit, in the not the fire pit, the fireplace in the house, but it doesn't work, and there's this huge cinematic blow-up scene that's just beautifully orchestrated and then Deborah decides to abduct Kara for a second time and this time she succeeds and it's funny because she just kind of walks out the fucking front door of the hospital and this guard's trying to stop them and she spits acid on him and like burns his fucking face it is it is just impeccable don't know where she got the venom but it just was impeccable. So, as they, as Deborah and Carol leave, they, the police are contacted saying, hey, like this is what's going on. They tell them everything that's going on and they're like, okay, where are they taking them? And they said, they're taking them to where, where DeHarnay would kill the girls. So, they meet Deborah and Kara at the mine, so they're tracking them down, they're getting to them, and then as they're trying to stop them, Deborah decides to spit acid again on one of the cops that's with her, and they take off. Deborah and Kara take off for the woods. So it is it is Sarah in the film crew, and then it's also another cop called Sheriff Linda. And they follow Deborah into the mines. Unfortunately, Linda, Sheriff Linda, rest in peace. Listen, Linda. Linda, listen. Right? Listen, Linda. Okay? They follow her into the mines. Linda goes in alone at first, and then she gets fucking mauled and dies. So then Sarah and Mia, they go in there, and they were able to, like, get to them after, like, a whole dark scene of just like running around stuff like that I was 
kind of annoying, but nonetheless, they find Deborah and Kara. And when they find Deborah and Kara, this is interesting. So, Deborah, they shine the light at him, and Deborah has Kara's head, like, fucking in her throat. Like, you know how you see a snake swallow a fucking egg? That's how it was. Unhinged jaw, like, everything. That head and that, like, those shoulders, they're in Deborah's mouth, right? So, she ends up, they end up being able to, while she's distracted, they end up being able to burn the remains and throw it in a hole. And after that happens, the film basically kind of ends. And it ends with news footage reporting that Deborah was deemed unfit to stand trial for her crimes and abduction of Kara. And Kara has overcome her cancer. She, I think she was a leukemia. I think she had leukemia in the movie. And she is celebrating her 10th birthday. But as the reporter begins to wrap up the story, Kara turns to the camera and gives a sinister little 10-year-old smile. One that would just fucking haunt your dreams, right? One that you, if you woke up, you would be like, oh shit, this bitch is going to kill me. One of those fucking, you know, one of those smiles. And after that, yeah, it just, that just goes to the credits and that's it. Now, for the people that are wondering who acts in it, here we go. All right, sit down. All right, I'm going to give you the main cast. Jill Larson, she plays Deborah Logan. Anne Ramsey plays Sarah Logan. Michelle Ang plays Mia Medina. Brett Gentile plays Gavin. Can fucking die. And Jeremy DeCarlos plays Luis. Ryan Cutrono plays Harris, the groundskeeper. And Tanya Bloodsworth plays Sheriff Tweed. And... Now, yeah, this movie, I don't even know where the fuck to begin with this one, right? It was... Like, I saw the fucking box office for this, and the budget, and... Like, you can tell it's a low budget. Here's, here's, here's the budget they had. $1.5 million. You can tell that it was a $1.5 million budget. Like, it was... Whew. Like, it's a found footage film. Like, if you're into found footage, this is your movie, right? You might like it. Like, for me, I'm okay with found footage. Some of them make me nauseous as fuck, right? It's like they took, with this one, they took, like, you know, the normal handheld, like, camcorder style, but they also used, like, how they did in Paranormal Activity 2 with the cameras around the house. So it's like if Paranormal Activity and Blair Witch had a baby, and it was this movie. And it is... It's just a typical... It's like... I don't know, it's just a typical possession movie. It's just, I don't know. They didn't make these possession movies better because this was not good. The gross, like how much money it made worldwide, this might be a shocker to some of you, but wasn't to me. $408,000. It was not that good. This movie released on October 21st, 2014. It was shot in North Carolina, um, language, English, obviously, it was produced by Bad Hat Harry Productions, Jeff Rice Films, and Casadelic Pictures. 
The movie is roughly around an hour and 30 minutes. And I'm trying to find the director. Let me look for the director. It was directed by Adam Robitel. Okay. Now. Now, now, hold on. Let's, let's, let's get, let, let me, let me speak my shit first. Well, I'll speak my shit after this, okay? It was given a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, that seems a little high. That seems a little high for me. I didn't think it was that good, if I'm being honest. It was just, eh. If, eh, just, eh. I don't know how much, I don't know how else to say it. Alright? Now we're gonna get to some of the reviews. Okay, this comes from Joe Lipset of the Horror Queers podcast. A smart and clever found footage film that uses the tropes of the sub-genre to examine mental illness. The presence of a refreshingly low-key queer character in a stunningly vulnerable performance by Jill Larson makes this a must-watch movie. This one comes from Shannon McGrew of Nightmarish Conjurings. There is something really unsettling about watching someone, especially an elderly individual, descend into a place that they are clearly never going to come out from. And our final, our final review, I'm trying to look for a one star or a really bad one. Here we go. Uh, no, it's, well, I can't find one, so fuck it. We're just going to do this one. This comes from Steve. So, any guy named Steve, this... Alright, the most generic name out there. I love you, Steves, but it's kind of generic. But anyways, this comes from Steve, so it's going to be good. All Steves are fucking, like, I don't know, blunt, I guess. Most of the Steves I know are blunt. So, this one says... If you're looking for a spooky little film that's free of pretension and sometimes logic and are into getting some quick shivers, you really cannot go wrong with the taking of Deborah Logan. Okay, now it's now I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to talk shit about this film. Okay, this film, oh my god. It's mediocre, okay? Like, yes, it's a found footage. Yes, it's kind of like, yes, I get that. But holy shit. I thought this was just, eh. The acting, the acting was like, I don't know, mediocre at best. Like, the the lady that did play Deborah Logan, she did do a pretty good job. But Mia, at the end, gets so fucking annoying too, because she's constantly screaming and just stupid. And Lord, does it just fucking, like, want me to, oh, stupid. It was dumb. Sorry, but it was dumb. I don't know. It was it was just it was really mediocre, I think. Like Yes, it's a paranormal paranormal movie. Yes, it's about possessions. But it just got really really outlandish towards the end. It they didn't really wrap it up that well. It seemed like a lot of stuff was forced, like how Deborah Logan can spit venom. I didn't really, like, you could have done better without her having to spit venom. I feel like it would have been a better movie if it was about occult, ritualistic, like, you know, 
satanic type shit. But the whole animal play into it, I just, I don't know. I didn't really like that. You know what I mean? But what do I know? I'm not a critic. I just sit on the podcast and tell you what I think is good and not good. And this one was not good. At least I think. But that's what's so amazing about opinions. We can say what we want and we can have a nice debate about what we like and don't like. And it not mean anything. I'm not a political person. I don't really give a shit, right? But yes, I think this movie was just eh. It was just eh. I mean, I thought it had, like, from the reviews that I saw on... Because I watched it on Shudder. So from the reviews that I saw on Shudder, they're like, oh, this is a great movie. So I was hyped to see it. But it did not live up to the hype like Wednesday. Don't you fucking at me, okay? Wednesday on Netflix is not that good. It was way overhyped, all right? And that's all I'm going to say. But, yes, I hope your guys' week is going good. We're almost to the weekend, all right? And then we'll be able to party, all right? I know some of you people out there like to go clubbing. We're going to, all right? I know. So save up them dollar bills and buy those $30 drinks that come like in f- like 0.5 fluid ounces. I don't know. I, that's another. Th- I don't get why they're so fucking expensive. Shit doesn't make sense. You're going to have me pay $30 for a one sip drink. Get fucked. Right? But some people are into that. And I'm not going to knock it. As long as you're having fun and being safe, I'm having fun. Alright? Um, now... I was just on. I was just guest. I hold on. Shit. I just guest appeared on the Imaginarium of Thought. So, if you haven't heard it yet, go give it a listen. The guys over there, they're awesome. They do a really good job, and I really enjoyed it. It was an interesting episode. It was really, really fun. So, go check it out. And. That's pretty much all I got. Um, If you want to see what I'm doing in my daily life, the Rainy Day Horror Show on Instagram. If you want to send me some horror-related shit, send it to me. If you got a crazy story, send it to me. I might put it in a podcast if you're okay with that, all right? I'm all about consent. So, it's all that matters to me. If you're okay with it, I'm good with it. So, I'll put it in. Other than that, this Sunday, we've got a... I put it on my sticky note as an old folks, as an old folks home horror story, but it's about Dorothea Puente, and I'm not going to say much on her. And she, this one's interesting. She killed a lot of people. I think like eight people or some shit like that. I don't know. I didn't really research it yet. I'm just going off of memory because it's on Netflix. Something about her is on Netflix. So, and that's about it. So, remember, stay frosty. Stay foxy. And most importantly, the most important thing, or I'll put you in a fucking episode. Don't even try me. Stay safe. I love y'all. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>